Welcome to the JTD Coaches Me podcast. I am Joanne Tierney Daniels, and I can't tell you how excited I am to be sharing my first podcast with you. This podcast and those that follow are supplements to the JTD Health, Wellness, and Life Coaching Facebook page, its companion Facebook group, Virtual Health and Wellness Coaching with Joanne Tierney Daniels, and my weekly live Zoom sessions. Please feel free to visit these Facebook pages for more information about JTD Health, Wellness, and Life Coaching, or if you would like to participate in my live Zoom sessions. Sessions are typically offered on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The first Zoom session was titled Emotional Eating, Stop Using Your Body as a Battleground. Although this session was recorded, I've decided not to release the recording publicly to protect the anonymity of the group's participants. In lieu of a public release, this episode of the JTD Coaches Me podcast will cover the content instead. There is still time to join the group. We made a 30-day commitment to build healthier lifestyle habits. The Facebook group also gives us an opportunity to support, interact, and hold each other accountable daily. The invitation to participate is open-ended, so jump in and give us a try at any time if you're interested in doing so. As the founder of JTD Health, Wellness, and Life Coaching, I launched these free virtual sessions in response to the repeated requests I received for help from those navigating the stress felt during the COVID-19 pandemic and quarantine. We've been hit hard by COVID-19 in New York State. In response, there has been an overwhelming outpouring of generosity by residents in our local communities who are sharing and donating their time and talents in an effort to pay their blessings forward. Inspired by their stories, I jumped on the bandwagon in the hope that my knowledge and experience might lend a helping hand to others who might be struggling. I am a certified health and life coach. In addition, I hold a Bachelor of Science degree in Community and Health Services. I am not a doctor, but on a personal level, I know the pain associated with food addiction and emotional eating firsthand. I've struggled with a dysfunctional relationship with food, eating disorders, and weight issues for most of my life. In 2016, I weighed approximately 100 pounds more than I do today. I looked and felt terrible. I was unhappy and angry. Essentially, I was going through the motions of life, but felt no real joy. Instead, I felt pervasive shame and disappointment. My lack of willpower made me feel weak. Every time I went through the repeated pattern of losing, then regaining weight, I felt like a failure. Throughout my entire life, I was conditioned to believe that food was a good source of solace that it was normal and acceptable to use food to console ourselves. Even as I talk about it now, I'm torn over this concept. On one hand, I do believe that it's acceptable. We should be able to enjoy the foods that we like whenever we want them. On the other hand, I recognize that food should primarily be used as a source of fuel. Our emotions shouldn't be the catalyst for the consumption of food, particularly when they lead us to overindulge. Fairly recently, I came to the realization that I wasn't using food to comfort myself. Instead, I was using it as a punishment. Every shortcoming, every flaw, and every mistake deserve punishment. A bad day at work might cause me to consume a half gallon of ice cream. Poor parenting might warrant eating a bag of potato chips in bed. 
a fight with my husband was worthy of a row of Oreos. There were times when I would eat so much food that I would feel physically ill and uncomfortable. When I began to look back and analyze those moments, I came to realize that it wasn't about comfort at all. I was punishing myself for not being perfect. Let's jump back to 2016. After the weight-related deaths of two of my colleagues, I started worrying about my own mortality. At that point, I finally began to make small changes in my life that over time resulted in a 100-pound weight loss. That's not to say I won the war. For me, I know this is going to be a lifelong battle. I still struggle with moderation every single day. Sometimes I still have horrific days, but now my focus isn't on the war. My goal is to win as many battles as possible. Quite frankly, there are times when one bad day turns into two bad days or three bad days, but I've made a conscious commitment to myself that I won't allow one or two or even three bad days spiral into 50 bad days. If you're listening today, I suspect something isn't working in your life. We're creatures of habit. Some of our habits are positive. They promote health and enhance our lives. Others are detrimental. They destroy our health and impede our lives. 95% of our behaviors occur out of habit, either subconsciously or in reaction to external demands or conditions in our lives. It's time to spark a change in ourselves. If we can figure out a way to change our habits, we can literally change our lives. Studies have proven time and time again that healthy lifestyles are the best medicine. When underlying health issues are addressed, including what and how much we eat, whether we smoke or not, how often we exercise, and how we respond to and manage stress, we can often change the course of our lives. Doctors report that some of their patients can stop taking medication and in some instances even avoid surgery when they address these lifestyle conditions. That's a compelling reason to ensure that we're living healthy lifestyles. Of course, most of us already know this. We're exposed to more data, science, and knowledge than ever before. But despite this comprehension, people don't often do what they should. Or perhaps they don't know how to go about doing it. The reality is that it's simple. Habit change is the secret to your success. It's the key to overcoming emotional eating. Often when we struggle with emotional eating, we feel like something is holding us back. We're right. We're literally being held back by our programming or subconscious beliefs about ourselves. In fact, sometimes when it comes to your body and food, the stories you tell yourself are more impactful on your health than anything else, including what you eat and drink. Let's listen to some of the stories we tell ourselves. I'm too big. I'm too scrawny. I'm too weak. I'm an embarrassment. I hate my body. I'm too fat. No one will want to touch my disgusting body. Skinny people are happier people. I'll be happy when I lose X number of pounds. No one could ever love me the way I am. I'm too ugly for anyone to find me attractive. I hate myself. One psychologist who specializes in body image conducted a survey of 300 women of all shapes and sizes. 
She asked about the thoughts that crossed their minds regarding their bodies throughout the day. The results were disturbing. The women surveyed confessed to having 35, 50, or even up to 100 hateful thoughts about their own shapes every day. And a whopping 97% confessed to having one I hate my body moment daily. This study suggests that 97% of the female populace is engaging in negative self-talk to themselves every day. The way we talk to ourselves has a dramatic impact on how we feel and relate to our bodies. Language is a powerful thing. Self-talk is a force to be reckoned with. It can change everything. It can uplift and empower you, but it can also make you feel defeated and powerless. When you hear the same negative conditional messages over and over again, you start to believe them. We may even end up alienating ourselves from our own bodies. What's worse is that most of us accept putting ourselves down as a norm. We've turned our bodies into a battleground. We're constantly fighting an internal battle that we cannot win. You're never going to succeed if you continue negative self-talk. You can't heal something by engaging in warfare. If you want to stop being at war with food or your body, you need to change your internal dialogue. The good news is that when you change your beliefs, you can change your experience and your outcomes. I want to talk about where our beliefs come from. Beliefs come from our programming. In this context, programming consists of all the information we received at an incredibly young age. This usually comes from our primary caretakers from the time we are born until we are approximately five years of age. The information that was given to us or modeled by our primary caretakers is what formed the foundation for the rest of our identities to be built on. This programming informs the actions we take, which of course leads to the outcomes we get. As a result of our identities and beliefs, we created internal processes and strategies that developed into patterns of thinking that we use to make decisions, take actions, and behave in certain ways. We also use these processes to solve problems and learn new things. The sequence looks like this. Programming creates decisions, which stabilize our beliefs, which then shapes our identities. Our identities are who we are in the world. Identities are responsible for our actions and behaviors, which ultimately determines our results. Most negative behaviors are rooted in positive intentions. This ideology also applies to emotional eating. Somewhere along the line, we adopted emotional eating as a coping mechanism. For most of us, at some point in our childhoods, when we weren't mature enough to evaluate its impact, we began using food as a means of self-medication to relieve the stress and pressure in our young lives. Self-soothing is a positive intention. When we were too young to know better, we used the knowledge and resources we had at hand to make ourselves feel better. There's nothing more positive than self-care. Eliminating negative self-talk is the first step toward reprogramming ourselves and reconditioning our thinking. We must remind ourselves how wonderful we are Happiness isn't only intended for those who are perfect. We're all worthy of happiness simply because we were brought into this world. Begin to replace your negative self-talk with new positive affirmations. Think about sentiments that are meaningful to you. Here are some that I find beneficial. I am worthy of happiness.
I am enough. I am valuable. I don't need to be perfect. I have the strength to reach my goals. Food is not the solution to emotional stress. I am lovable. I'm not saying that food doesn't matter. Clearly it does. We need it to survive, but it's only part of the equation. What I am suggesting here is to be mindful that your programming, decisions, beliefs, and identity help shape your biology. If you're holding on to shaming negative thoughts, guess what gets turned on? The stress response. And guess what slows down your metabolism? Stress. And stress influences what your body is doing, sometimes more so than your actions and behaviors. This adds a level of depth and understanding to emotional eating that you may not have considered before. I'm sharing this with you to demonstrate how important our thoughts are to our health. Fortunately, we can do something about it. Reversing our patterns of negative self-talk is the first step. Now, let's begin to talk about change. Change is challenging, but it's most difficult for those who need significant transformation. The more change that someone needs, the less they can handle. For some, if we try to create too much change all at once, the ingrained beliefs they feel about themselves will try to sabotage their efforts right from the start. Their sense of self will feel threatened. Big issues require little changes. Little changes over time will take care of the bigger issues. Today, we're going to start by making simple changes around food and lifestyle. We're not going to dive straight into the evaluation of our beliefs and identity. Those more in-depth conversations about our psyches will come later. At our core, most of us don't like change. We feel fear and anxiety and skepticism at the thought of change. We don't believe that we're going to be able to follow through and be successful. The challenges seem insurmountable. The end goal seems unattainable. Unfortunately, there is no magic pill to major transformation. I wish there was. The reality is that improvement takes work, but small steps over time will move you towards success. Please don't underestimate the power of little action steps. Small hinges swing big doors. Don't discredit progress, even if your progression is slow. Each step, no matter how small, is moving you closer to the person you hope to be, the person you were meant to be. The victories will come with consistency and persistence. Health coaching is about a journey of personal growth. Every individual must travel their own path. It isn't about a specific diet plan. It's not about me telling you exactly what to eat. At some point in the future, identifying which foods and behaviors are best for you to get back on track, both physically and emotionally, will be a necessity. We'll get there, but we're not starting there. Your personal history may have convinced you that you can't do this, and maybe you can't do it alone. That's why support and accountability are so important, particularly now. Community is one of the things I'm most grateful for in my life. It's what is helping me navigate this difficult time in our history. My family, friends, colleagues, the fitness communities I belong to, and now you are all a part of my personal community. I encourage you to embrace this community model too. 
You can do this. We can do this together. Having others to support and hold you accountable will only help ensure your success. Those who joined the Virtual Health and Wellness Coaching with Joanne Tierney Daniels Facebook group made a 30-day commitment to one another. That's a small, manageable chunk of time. It's not overwhelming. During this period, we're going to set small, manageable goals. These goals aren't going to equate to deprivation. They're going to be manageable and take our families, friends, work, and special occasions into consideration. This shouldn't feel like you're pushing a boulder uphill. A rolling boulder is heavy enough to derail anyone from their objectives. Ultimately, we want to get to a point where we're happier and feel comfortable in our own skin. That's going to look different for all of us based on our individual goals and desires. I encourage you to set realistic goals for yourself. Unrealistic expectations won't serve you. Each group participant identified a specific measurable outcome they would like to achieve over the course of the next 30 days. Set your own goal. Join us. Perhaps you want to lose five pounds. Maybe you'd like to drink more water on a consistent basis. Would you like to start an exercise program? Start small. Eat a healthy breakfast. Drink 30 ounces of water tomorrow or take a 15-minute walk. Pick one small thing to concentrate on this week, a healthier lifestyle change you can incorporate into your life and that will move you closer to your 30-day objective. Each week, we'll add another step and we'll begin to build a new, healthier foundation for ourselves. Once you've identified a goal, start thinking about why you're seeking change in your life. What made you tune in today? What is the motivating factor behind your goal? Your first thought or response may be superficial. Perhaps you're thinking that you would like to look better in a bathing suit or fit into the jeans that have been hanging in the back of your closet for the past five years. If that's your initial response, ask yourself these questions. Will fitting into that bathing suit or those jeans make me feel better about myself? If so, why is that important? What will feeling better about myself do for me? What's the outcome I really want? And how will that outcome make a difference in my life? Perhaps it will build your self-confidence. That may translate into having more confidence to advance an aspect of your career or your love life. Maybe it will improve your sex life. Is it possible that losing weight will allow you to be more active with your children? That possibility has the potential to enhance the lives of everyone in your family. In addition, you'll be a better role model for your children. Drill past the superficial to identify what's at the core of your desire for change. You want to land on something that's important to you. Once you identify a motivational factor, ask yourself how important it is to you on a scale of 1 to 10. If it doesn't fall between an 8 to 10 on the scale, reassess your answer. If it's not at least an 8, your reason isn't going to be strong enough to compel you to success. You need a weightier, more meaningful driver. Keep exploring until you find a valuable enough reason to stay committed and follow through in a way you never have before. I've covered a lot of material today. Before I say goodbye, I'm going to take a moment to recap our plan of action. This week, start thinking about your programming and how it factors into your daily behaviors, decisions, and outcomes. 
begin to incorporate some positive affirmations and self-talk into your life. Look in the mirror and remind yourself how amazing you are. Make a 30-day commitment to yourself. Join the Virtual Health and Wellness Coaching with Joanne Turney Daniels Facebook group or find a personal accountability partner of your own, someone you feel comfortable discussing your goals with. Identify a specific, realistic, measurable outcome that you would like to achieve over the course of the next 30 days. Pick one small action step to concentrate on this week, a healthier lifestyle change you can incorporate into your life that will move you closer to your 30-day objective. Last but far from least, identify your strongest motivating factor for change. What is your why? Think about how the fulfillment of your objectives will enhance your life and make you happier. If you haven't already joined my Facebook group, I encourage you to do so. That's where we hold each other accountable. It's a private group for those participating in these sessions. Studies have shown that having the right support and accountability partners are instrumental to successfully manage emotional overeating. We'll celebrate our successes and discuss our setbacks on the group page, but we'll also be holding each other accountable. We'll remind each other of our mission and 30-day commitment to improve our lives in a kind, encouraging, constructive manner. There's no shame in our game. This group offers a positive forum for participants to encourage and communicate with each other. If you haven't turned me off by now, I know this is important to you. That means it's important to me too. And when someone is important to me, I want to help them find a way to live their best life. So I hope to see you on the next live Zoom session. I would love to meet you personally. If not, tune in to the next episode of the JTD Coaches Me podcast when I will discuss the next steps in our journey. Until then, thank you for listening and stay safe and well.